Hey guys, have you ever thought about starting your own podcast like I'm doing here? I used to have a radio show on the internet and I absolutely loved it. The downside was I had to pay to be the host. I had to pay a lot of money. I loved my show and I still had lots more to say. I just didn't want to pay so much to have conversations with you. That's when I found Anchor. I am so excited because Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, distributing, and monetizing my own podcast. Instead of me paying out a lot of money, I have the potential to get paid for using my voice and talking about what is important to me and hearing your stories. I love connecting with all of you, and Anchor has given my voice to you. So if you're ready to start your own podcast, go to anchor.fm backslash start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm backslash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. Thanks for joining the Gay With God community. Hello and welcome. You are listening to Gay With God, a safe place for us to share our stories and support one another. How long did we know? What challenges did we face? Did we lose our faith? When did we find our way back home? Are we still searching? The stories you hear in this podcast will melt your heart and can strengthen your belief that in God, all things are possible and you can be authentically gay with God. I am your host, Midge Noble, and I am very honored that you are here. Before we get to the show, I want you to become a part of the Gay With God community. How can you do that? Message me and tell me what you're thinking and what's working for you with the show and what you would like to see. Subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen. Consider being a sponsor so I can highlight your service to the community. Give a donation. Be a guest. Your light is valuable to people who are searching. Share, share, share this podcast on all your social media links. You're important to this community because you are the community. So let me hear from you. Now on to the show. So I'm so excited to welcome Allison K. Garcia with me today. She is my first guest on Gay With God. So she's really, really brave. I know that about her already. And I'm so excited and I'm so honored to hear the story that she's going to share with us today because Allison has been where I've been and where most of you have been, that we have come through the coming out story for ourselves, however that happened, however easy it might've been, however tragic or hard it might've been, this is our stories. And these stories are important because not only did they bring us to this place where we can have a spiritual relationship with God, but also we're still here to tell it. And many of our brothers and sisters didn't make it this far. This is a painful journey 
for a lot of people. And we have all felt that pain. I would say 99% of us had a painful coming out story. And the reason we're telling them is to shed a light for those of you who are still trying to do it. For those of you who have put away God and said, forget it. It's not worth it. If I'm going to hell, I might as well go right now. But these are our stories. And I'm here to tell you, and all of the guests that I come on are here to tell you that your story is not over, that your story is something that's important, and that being gay with God is not only a possibility, you already are, because God's still here. So, Allison, thank Hi. you so much <laughs> for being here. I so appreciate you so very, very much. And if you guys ever get a chance, she's going to talk about her books later. Um, you know, we want to check out some of her, her books that she's written. But first, we want to start with just, you know, tell us your story. I know that's a big opening. Just, <laughs> just tell us your story. But, you know, when did you know you were gay? Well, first of all, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here, um, especially on your first show. No pressure. No pressure. <laughs> no, no pressure whatsoever. Right. Um, I'm pretty used to talking at this point. Uh, I used to be shy. That's not a problem anymore. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I guess a little bit about me. Um, kind of want to hear a little bit of my story. So I think um, I didn't always know that I was gay. Like this is a new discovery for me kind of in the last few years. Um, I sort of had an inkling that something was up like maybe like eight or nine years ago and just really like shut that down. Um, but the more that I did some journaling, I started this a journey, I, like my catalyst is kind of journaling. Um, catalyst being like the, the thing that sparked me to my realization and that was um, in the like starting December, I think of 2018 is when that that's that started for me. But prior to that, like and it, the more journaling I did, um, I realized that it went back farther than that, and I just was very unaware of things. Um, I think part of partially because of like like heteronormative stuff, um, partially like internalized homophobia from like my family and from the culture I grew up in. I'm, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm going to be 40 in like two weeks. Yay. Um, yay. And so I'm actually not too worried about that because my girlfriend's like 40, like a, a little bit older than me, slightly older. So it's fine. No, we'll be able to say, yeah, go ahead. Tell that number. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I can't say. It's all right. But um, in case she does, I won't mention it. That's right. Um, <laughs> but We're yeah, not live, so right? at least we'll be in the same. <laughs> we'll be in the same decade. Um, there you nice. go. Uh, but yeah, so I think like for me, when like growing up in like the nineteen eighties, nineteen nineties, there was not a lot of gay people. I didn't know until like later that the two ladies that were living together that we weren't allowed to talk to were because they were lesbians, um, you know, on our block, you know, mm. and, you know, and my only interactions or knowing of people was like Ellen from the Ellen show. Yeah. You know, I thought was really cool. And then my mom was, you know, or like people were like, oh, like, you know, she's gay. And I was like, oh, now it's all about the gay stuff. But really, like when I go back and watch it, like the whole show was, <laughs> was gay from like, the first day. Yeah. Yep. Or like Carol from Friends and just like, you know, mm -hmm. my who was kind of, you know, not nice. And so there was not a lot of interaction in the media at all. And then 
in my church there was nobody um I grew mm -hmm. up Methodist so it's not like that it was like super anti-gay although right now the church is very split on that um, yes and so that's hard um to see but mm -hmm. yeah so I think like for me just growing up like I just didn't have a I, I didn't really know anybody that was gay until I went to college uh, I, I knew guys that were gay but not girls right um and so I don't know I just it's like I didn't think about it and I didn't wonder like growing up why I wasn't like boy crazy like the other right. girls and right. why I you know didn't really have that drive um I remember being in college and my roommate being like oh so like what kind of guys do you like and I was like I was like or like what what celebrities do you like and I was like oh Julia Roberts and Meryl Streep and she was like no like guys and I was like uh, I don't know she's like well what kind of guys do you like and I was like I don't know and then <laughs> she was like um she was like okay and then she like trained me on how to find guys attractive oh man <laughs> so helpful back that was pretty gay um <laughs> I didn't figure that out so like you know hindsight 2020 um, yeah and but yeah no i just kind of just thought i was a late bloomer um and just you know didn't have my first kiss so i was in college didn't have my first boyfriend until i was in college um and then you know found like later um when i was in grad school uh met a guy and then we you know i f fell in love i think uh, you know and then we got married and then kind of were together and it was not it was not great um it was okay and then it was not good by the end and uh the year the 2018 was like the worst year of things mm. and kind of coming to the end of that year um where i had you know been pretty unhappy mm. with things for a while and my former church which i've since been excommunicated from mm. um you know i was like you know this is becoming a bad situation it's very like emotionally abusive and you know their response was well you know you know um what can you do to lose weight and clean better you know like that's literally like so that your husband's not so unhappy with like, oh my goodness you and so horrible. oh my goodness so like you know again hindsight's being 2020 like that uh should have been some kind of clues that this was maybe not the best church uh, for me. Mm -hmm. I had a lot of those clues and I just thought, I don't know, mm -hmm. somehow I convinced myself, um, you know, growing up Methodist in a very, you know, with, with female pastors, I mm -hmm. somehow let that other church kind of convince me that women weren't supposed to be in right. leadership roles and that actually what I, the stuff that I had learned in the Bible wasn't true and that the, that this is the true Bible and all these things. And then um, and it, it made it hard because then when I was coming out and I was having, even before I was coming out and I was having all these thoughts like about women and stuff like that, mm -hmm. I was taught by what I was taught in the church that all those things were like sin. Mm -hmm. Um, and that any thoughts, you know, just like with, when Jesus says, like, if, if, uh, if you even have thoughts of anger, then that's like killing your brother. And so any kind of thoughts even about and like women that was like you know committing adultery or you know mm -hmm. the sexual sin living in your your heart and stuff like that and so i was very um just living under so much shame and so much yes. um like self-hatred and just mm -hmm. feeling like crap all the time and um i'm using nicer words than i would use <laughs> <laughs> crap is not the, the word i wanted to so anyway understand so just feeling very strongly um 
like about myself just feeling very bad about myself all the time and this yeah. going back to a like even when I was a kid like just kind of that shame in any kind of realm in that like sex mm-hmm. or sexuality mm-hmm. going with um and I think just that was how I was raised and also just what we learned in in church and different things like that so uh, it it was a really hard start to things and and Mm -hmm. so for me kind of the way I started my actual realization of things um uh was I started journaling and but I wasn't journaling I started (laughs) I started um I guess it was December it was like right because I has on I took a couple weeks off at Christmas time that year uh and I just I decided to journal uh, but I wasn't going to journal. I was going to write a book in journal form about a woman coming out ah, in her 30s. Ah. And then I got two pages in and I was like, well, shoot, this well, is just me. This is now uh, my memoir. And I was like, oh my, I might be gay. Mm. So I started mm. journaling. And then like at the at the end of like, I don't know, the first day I had like 5,000 words. And the next day I had like, it was up to 10,000 and it was like up to 25,000 after a week. Oh, wow. And I've done NaNoWriMo and that's a lot of words. Um, yeah. There was a lot. It just came out. It was like flowing. And I just, mm-hmm. I decided that this was in here and I was just going to like let everything out and just put it out on the table in my journal, uh, which I password protected for reasons. Yes. Um, yes. <laughs> I was really scared. Yeah. And I was like, mm-hmm. I, I all I remember like just that Christmas time, like the week or two before Christmas, I just sat there and I was just journaling and journaling and journaling because I wrote and I was a writer. It just looked like I was writing a book, but really mm-hmm. I was just writing out my story and just realizing you know, oh my gosh, like, uh, this is all this stuff that I have been like pretending wasn't a thing for like, right. a really long time. Um, right. And that it, had, it went way back. It wasn't yeah. just a new thing, which, you know, at first I was like, well, it's just because I've been watching too many, so, side note, too many lesbian um, like uh-huh. movies or shows. Yep. Yes. Um, and then also I started, I made a list and I was like, I don't think a straight woman would watch 200 lesbian <laughs> <laughs> shows it was very completely i'm doing research for a friend (laughs) i started with that i literally was like i want to understand the culture i'm like do you allison do you want to understand the culture yes you do that's what it is that's what what allison let me stop you for just a minute because i think there's something going on with your mic there's um like maybe the something's rubbing against something oh it might be Okay, so I just want to uh, have you be aware of that. I think I can hear you fine, and it'll probably mm-hmm. be fine. Just want to make right. you aware of that. Thank so you. I'll you, hold on to it a bit. So no problem. So you're doing research for a friend on all these lesbian movies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was. I was getting. I was um, just wanted to understand the culture really, yeah. really well. <laughs> yes, good for you. Research is great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I started. I started um, all this research, and then like I. Um, uh, as I started journaling, I was having all these realizations that things went way back, that this was not just a small thing. And I started to really freak out because here I am married uh, with a three-year-old at this point um, and not knowing, like, is this going to change the entire course of my life? Because Mm. at this point, it doesn't seem like something I can ignore anymore. Yeah. And so then I decided to reach out for a therapist who didn't have anything for like a month, but I didn't care because I couldn't find any others. And so, Mm -hmm. or it was like, it might've been only two weeks. It felt like a month. I bet. Uh, I bet. And I was 
freaking out because I didn't want to tell anybody. Right. I was too afraid to talk to, well, I, I, I didn't want to tell anyone at church because I knew exactly what they would say. Absolutely. I didn't want to tell my husband at the time because I, that sounds, for all the abuse reasons and different things like that. Yes. Plus I didn't think, you know, that didn't seem like a great idea. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't want to tell any of my friends because I was worried, well, what if I changed, what if I changed my mind? And uh-huh. it turns out that I'm not gay. And then I, I, I come out to these people and then, you know, uh, and then, it's, you know, I don't know. I had all these like, thought, like just so much fear, yes. a lot of fear and anxiety. Mm-hmm. And I was just so worried what people would say, what they would think um, and yeah. how I would be judged. But mostly because, of the way I had been taught to judge myself, mm. I think. Um, mm-hmm. And so it's just, there's so much fear and anxiety. And, and um, while I think people in my life would say that I've had anxiety prior to this, I didn't really know that I had anxiety until all of this started. Mm-hmm. I started having like panic attacks and things mm-hmm. like where I was so nervous, like I just couldn't, or like these just attacks of just crying where I was yeah. just so upset about what yeah. was going to happen with my life. And it was very scary. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I got a therapist and I also kind of reached out to some people because I was worried, like, what does that mean for my faith? Yes. Um, because I, I kind of inherently at, at this point, like I had gotten to the space like way far beforehand because I had a lot of friends that were gay. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, well, you know, I know that I'm supposed to love everybody and I don't really understand how the Bible is saying this thing and then this is my friend. So I'm just gonna assume like to love them and that I'll ask God questions when I get up there. You know, because <laughs> I, I couldn't like kind of the way I was reading the Bible was saying that they were sinners and they had to change. Yeah. But then I knew them and I knew they were in loving, wonderful relationships. And I was like, I can't see how that makes any sense for God right. to not love someone and make them the way they are. Right. Um including like I have a cousin, you know, that's been like like I can't remember a time when he wasn't gay. Like I, yeah. like I just can remember him like dressing up in my grandma's high heels, like when we were like five. So like <laughs> it goes right back, you know. Like um, you know, like I just, just remember, like I just knew that I was supposed to love God. I just couldn't love myself, like thinking of myself in that image, and and I didn't right. understand how I could be a Christian and also like and be gay at the same time. And so I started. Right. I reached out um, and I actually did a podcast with the lady that one of the ladies I reached out with, but I reached out years before that to this person that had like a kind of, um, because of my books being for marginalized Christians um, and undocumented immigrants, the, this place, uh, I think it's called Like Micah podcast. Um, they are, I don't remember, they're like in Iowa or Idaho or Illinois. Okay. It's one of the, Indiana, one of the eyes. And, okay. <laughs> and they... <laughs> and um it was a her name is pastor debbie and i remembered somewhere in the back of my mind when i had emailed her about this other podcast that it said an lgbtq affirming um place and like church and i was like and somehow that stuck in the back of my head and so i was like if i just find this that email i couldn't even remember her name i just ended up somehow finding it and I emailed her and I said, hey, um, do you happen to have any books about being gay and a Christian? Um, because I, you know, mm-hmm. I figured she would know uh, uh-huh. just by context. And so she did. She sent me all these books. And I read these giant theological books like in a weekend. I was like, wow. Hungry for that knowledge. 
So after I had my first therapy session, I was worried, like, does being gay mean I have to give up my faith? Because I don't right. know if I could do that. That's mm -hmm. part of who I am. And I, I was really afraid that I would have to do that. You know, so, and I think sometimes in my mind, I feel like it wasn't so much that I gave up my faith, but it was taken from me mm -hmm. because people were telling me that I couldn't be both. And right. so it, that's, that's why I always felt like that I was reclaiming what mm -hmm. I was entitled to all along mm -hmm. that I never should have had to think that I had to give it up because it really was taken from me in the way they contexted my relationship and my life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think for me, like just because my faith was just like, I mean, just part of the integral part of who I was, like when I got to the space where I realized that I was also gay, I didn't know how to reconcile those two things right like, because what I had learned from you know past was that you cannot be gay and a Christian I didn't know any gay Christians um I knew yeah I knew people that had some like spirituality kind of um were spiritual um or not super connected into mm -hmm. church and gay and then I knew Christians mm -hmm. um but I didn't really know any that were both. And so right. I think part of the journey was I have, I know lots of gay Christians now, yeah. uh, which is great. Um, yeah. And so for me, I think like when I started reading these books, I read what the Bible really says about homosexuality and God and the Gay Christian mm -hmm. by Matthew Vines. And then um, Torn, I read later on, I read Undivided. Um, and what was the other one? Oh, Shameless by Nadia Boltz Weber, which is great. Um, if you're also dealing with shame just around sex and sexuality mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, or sexuality. But I, I read all these books and I started realizing that the stuff that I had been taught was not accurate and that that I could be gay and a Christian. Mm -hmm. um, and I had a chat with Pastor Debbie. It was she was very nice again, like because like I'm sure she had a lot going on um, <laughs> and I'm like in a whole nother state, like on the other side of the country. Yeah. And I and she took an hour out of her day just to talk to me. Oh, um, nice. And I was really scared. And I, I, you know, I said I read these books and she was surprised I read them so fast. <laughs> you know, I was like and she, she had offered to talk to me on the phone and, and we talked for like an hour, which is really good because there was a snowstorm and my second therapy cancel, uh, session got canceled. Uh -huh. So it was providential. Yeah. And she said to me, you know, because um, I was like, I don't think my church is going to accept me. They yeah. don't even have females in leadership here. Um, and they are currently doing a whole series on how the media is making people gay. Like it's all mm -hmm. like it was bad. And so she was like, you know, you can go to two churches at the same time. And so I was like, Oh, I hadn't thought about that. So I Googled like LGBTQ affirming churches near me and I found one and I was like, perfect. It's Methodist. No one will suspect a thing. That's right. <laughs> Go back to being Methodist. <laughs> and little did I know that I would find this amazing community and like just the most affirming space. Like you didn't have to, because I, there's different levels of churches out there. Yes. When you say welcoming. They don't oh, yeah. mean welcoming. They mean like we're going to tolerate you, but you yes. can't work around our kids or you can't be in leadership or yes. you can't, you can be here. You just can't talk about being gay yes. and they have all these levels, but where I go at rise, um, it, there is, you can be 
like in leadership roles, mm-hmm. you can serve communion, you can do mm-hmm. all the things, um, mm-hmm. you can go up and talk about yourself and you can bring your partner to church and, you know, hold hands. The, you can hold hands. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it's just the safest space I could possibly imagine. That is and awesome. So I think like being there and, and being around people and being in a support group and reading all these books and then realizing that, that I could just, I could, I was able to reconcile both that, those parts of myself. Yeah. So what happened with your family? With my family. So like, actually people were more affirming in my family than I anticipated. So I learned that apparently like on the one side of my family, um, like, like, I don't know how to explain it, but like they are, well, one side where my cousin is, they were all affirming. And then the other side, um, they were also all affirming and they were like, oh yeah, like every first generation of, on this side is gay. <laughs> and I was like, what? No one ever told me that. And like, so a part of it was me realizing that a lot of things were hidden from me, you know, because right. of my family. Um, right. And so my brother was fine. My dad was like, kind of had figured it out. He was like the only one that figured it out. And then uh, I th- my mom, it took her a while. She was surprised and she didn't mm. really understand. And so that, um, but I think we're in a really good space for that now. Um, good. That took a little bit. And then. I and you're think, able to be open with your, your family, with your partner. Oh, I'm super open. Yeah. Yeah. I'm very open. Yeah. And okay. they know my girlfriend and like mm-hmm. they, yeah. So I think part of the journey was me leaving my, my former, my marriage as well, mm-hmm. um, because of not only being gay, but also realizing that it was an abusive situation. So, um, I mean, yeah. And, and, and that's a big problem too. I, I worked with lots of families when I was in a therapy practice and the biggest problem for, you know, someone coming out with children was the fear that DSS would take their kids mm-hmm. or in the court battle that that would be, you know, custody, it would affect them. And it does, it does in many, many cases that being gay is somehow um, a reason to not allow a parent to have you know, custody or visitation. Yeah. When, um, some of the local people, like I've met people in Virginia, um, mm-hmm. just kind of different circles. And mm-hmm. I did meet the lady who, who I guess started is now the reason that we can, you can be gay and keep your kids mm-hmm. because she, hers were taken from her after she mm-hmm. came out and it started like, a, you know how there's like this last name versus Virginia right. or something like right. she was like that case that Good. helped um people be able to keep their kids in Virginia and so like I was you know I I feel like sometimes we're standing on the shoulders of giants like oh absolutely people that have come out before us have made Mm -hmm. it safe to come out now and Mm -hmm. have and like we are making it safe for people now that are coming out and kids Mm -hmm. that are figuring it out way earlier thankfully for them you know well yes (laughs) <laughs> and no <laughs> yeah well I think I think it's it's good because like people can you know accept themselves earlier and yes figure things out, that part you know? is wonderful yes yes yeah I think it's it's, it's not easy so yeah I, I think um yeah and I did lose like my best friend in the process mm. I lost my entire church family of my, yeah. my last church yeah um you know so that was really hard Mm-hmm. So that, that part was, that, that part was really hard. Um, and so it's, it's not been an easy journey at all. No. Um, 
Well, just the fear, you know, being consumed by fear all the time, fear of not knowing, not understanding, thinking you're condemned to hell or that Mm -hmm. you're not doing what God wants. The, the unworthiness that comes with not really knowing yourself. Cause Mm -hmm. yeah, I can remember going down to the altar almost every Sunday bawling, thinking Mm -hmm. there's something wrong with me. Mm -hmm. I'm not like Mm -hmm. everybody else and praying for God to fix it. And I can never hear God say, I don't need to fix you. You know, Mm -hmm. I could never hear it. And I didn't come out until I was 30. It was just Mm -hmm. not, I had a minister as a grandfather and an uncle who was a minister. And of course the church was not affirming. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it was so, so hard for me to admit that I even could be gay. Um, But my story Mm -hmm. will be told another day, but I'm just so proud of you for not only holding on to, to who you are, even though you didn't know for a very long time, you had a nugget of, of knowledge somewhere that you held on to and you researched, not just through mm-hmm. all those movies, which was probably lots of fun, but, <laughs> but the, watching the L word really should have been. Oh, like hello. Me. It should have been a clue. <laughs> I know yeah. before the L word, there was another show that I, that I found, but you know, I, I, I really think I'm sure I watched it. I'm sure you did. <laughs> what, what, um, Oh, I can't remember it now, but it was mostly guys. There was one, but I watched it because it was gay. And, and Mm -hmm. then it was like, Oh, there's the lesbians. (laughs) That just excited me to no end, Mm -hmm. but, but it was was always like, really, I always felt like, Oh, I just feel really proud of these people being themselves. That's so great. And then, but like, still my brain was like, and now I'm like, Oh, cause you also wanted to be, but like, I didn't know that, you know? I had a friend who, who just could not understand why I was still trying to date men when I was working at a school. And, um, she said, well, why are you going out with him? And I said, well, because he asked me and she said, you don't have to do everything a man asks you to do. And I'm like, well, I don't, but, and, um, and then I said something about, you know, he's be- he's having me meet his parents and she's do not go, do not go. And I just didn't like, what is her problem? And one day she even sent me with a fault. She says, I have an article that I would like so-and-so to read. Would you take it to her? And I'm absolutely. And it was in an, a, you know, a folder. And mm-hmm. so I just handed it to her. So like a few days later, she said, what'd you think of the article? Apparently it was all about coming out and, you know, only, <laughs> and I said, what article? She's the article that I sent with you to so-and-so. And I said, well, I didn't read it. Why not? Because it wasn't addressed to me. Yeah. <laughs> when I finally came out to her, she goes, well, thank God. Nobody I knew like, like suspected at all, but that's because I was married, you know? Yeah. Like, so, and yeah. I, I mean, I didn't expect suspected at all either. Yeah. Like, although I really should have. But See, like- my parents, all, my parents, all, well, my mother, always asked me if I was gay which was the weirdest thing and I mean I was in People elementary ask school me that all the time are you gay and I'd go no because I figured if I said yes I'd be in trouble but I didn't even right. know you know I had no knowledge but she kept asking me when I was ready to tell her she never asked me again I had to then <laughs> I had to then tell them but she she didn't want to know by that point so before we run out of time I would really mm-hmm. need I would love to know about your books I would love you to tell us what's what's up with them and where people can find them all right. Well, um, I am self-published or indie published. Yay. So all my stuff's on Amazon. I, I currently have uh, um, a fourth book will be coming out soon, but I have three books that are Latino Christian fiction about um, undocumented immigrants. Um, 
and then I'm in two anthologies with queer Christian fiction, and I have a queer, I'm hoping, I have a first draft of a queer Christian fiction novel as a spinoff of one of my series, uh, okay. the Buscando Home series. Um, so it has two characters from the books, uh, two lady characters, and they are going to, you know, there's a love connection. A love connection. A love connection. <laughs> so queer Christian fiction, a person kind of realizing herself, coming to herself and realizing stuff too. So it's a coming out tale. Um, and, you know, I, I, I mean, there's going to be lots of angst. I enjoy angst. Um, but Good. my books are, my people like my first book a lot. It's been, it's won a lot of uh, awards and it's called Vivia del Dream, which means living the dream. And it's about um, an undocumented college student making her way in the world. And then I have another, the three book series um, where the last final book of that series coming out is the Buscando Home series, which is Finding Amor, which means um, love, Finding Amor, Finding Seguridad, which is safety, and then Finding Paz is the last one. And that one is um, about a, a family from El Salvador kind of coming back together after being separated for a long time. And um, uh, yeah, so finding home, being home together. And, and and are these in English also? Yeah, they're all in English. They're all in um, English. They have some Spanish in there, um, but just like words, you know. Yeah. And so, um, and then especially Finding a More has more, a little bit more Spanish and it has subtitles like underneath. Oh, nice, uh, like, nice. Yeah. Um, but I, I listened to my readers and they were like a little bit less Spanish. <laughs> so, so finding a more, finding Seguridad and finding class have less Spanish. Um, but I, I love that, that you did that just intrinsically anyway, because that, that would have made it so much easier to read, you mm -hmm. know, because there are sometimes that people will, uh, speak another language on television and then they never give a subtext. And I'm like, I have no idea what just happened. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. I have no idea. Yeah. Well, I wanted to make it authentic, um, yeah. you know, but also like have, yeah you know, people understand what was going on. So yeah. Yeah. So yeah, those are my books. And I'm uh, have, I'm, I'm shifting after the end of finding pass, I'm shifting to queer Christian fiction. So that's what I'll be primarily writing. So I do have two short stories out in that. And then I'm going to have the um, novel, uh, the dry depths of my soul will be coming Ooh. out. Thank you. It comes from Ooh. a journal entry that I wrote, actually. That's, that's so. a great title. Good Thank for you. you. Wow, Allison, I'm so glad that we met officially. Yeah, this, <laughs> We've is fun. this is awesome. And your story is such a light for others. I'm so, so happy that you agreed to share it. And all of Allison's uh, links to her books and to everything else she's involved in <laughs> is going to be on the show page for Gay with God. That's through WordPress. And I will, um, when I post the show, I'll give you that link so you can go to the show page and make sure that you read everything that uh, Allison is doing and, and the life that she's living. And we're so happy for you. Do you have a final, before we close, close, that was, that was the primary pre pre-closing uh, before we go, if you could be a pastor Debbie to someone and they called you, what's the one thing, the one thing that you could want to say to them, you would want to say to them that you think could help them hold on. I think um, for me, being out is worth it mm. um, and loving, learning to love myself and being my authentic self is worth it because really for me, like God made me the way I am and choosing to live my life authentically is choosing to love myself as God mm. made me. Oh, amen. And that's a wrap. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you.
deep gratitude to my friend Tim McClendon of Tim McClendon Music for allowing me to use an excerpt from Interlude 4, a song found on his CD entitled Sundance.